How do you handle Philadelphia Eagles in drafts right now with Jalen Hurts appearing to take over? Are FFPC players selecting Nick Chubb a little too high? And is one tight end breakout candidate destined to be a 2021 bust? Plus, the 2020-2021 world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge $500,000 grand prize winner Stephen Rannigan drops by to talk about his third six-figure title in the last three years and what he thinks about Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, Carson Wentz, and much more for 2021 drafts. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesson. Make out of the lesson. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs tuning in this week on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Welcome to our latest episode. It's presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner, Farrell Elliott. And uh, Farrell, I got to tell you right now, just in case, forewarning you, my wife decided to have a girls weekend this weekend. So she went up uh, the highway, uh, a good 30, 35 miles, to uh, the city of the uh, title town, the city of Packers. It is Green Bay. She is spending the weekend up there. So if my kids interrupt me in the middle of the show, they're, they're fast asleep right now. But if they interrupt me, I'm going to hand you the reins for a couple of minutes. Is that suitable to you, good sir? Oh, I will take the reins and no telling where I could go. I wish I had a forewarning about that girls' weekend because – you know, I know Mrs. Baldwin has some very, very nice friends, some of them which might even be single. So, you know, it. it uh, but that's a whole other conversation. So, well, that's a conversation we should have off girl. the air. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it all out. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm very excited to do the show with you tonight because we are going to wax poetic on the Steelers' precarious quarterback situation, whether Austin Eckler should be going much higher than he is in FFPC drafts. And Steven Rannigan is going to drop in in roughly 12 minutes or so to tell us all about how he won the $500,000 in the FFPC playoff challenge and what he plans on spending the money on. And clearly, you know, Farrell, this, this is so unique because, and we'll get into this more when we get Steven on, but we, this is the first time ever in HSFF our history, almost 500 episodes, we have had a guy come on, or, or a woman, any player, come on winning a six-figure grand prize two years ago, a six-figure grand prize last year, and a six-figure grand prize again this year. Insane run that Steven Rannigan is on. And I, I would think that if we, can, if we can do it the right way, 
we are going to knock more knowledge out of his head tonight to the listeners than we ever have before. That's incredible. And I want to tell, find out what his recipe is. I've looked at some of the lineups, or at least one of the lineups that he put in the league, and I, I have one question and my lead question that I'm very much looking forward to asking, and I hope it can uh, – it needs to enlighten me because I've never done very well in these contests. You know, you can only win so many $35 teams. I'm, I'm winning some, you know. Yeah. I get it. I just, you know, I think um, to, to get life-changing money once is pretty incredible. And I know, well, we'll get it. When Steven comes on, we'll talk. I think he had a very, very interesting Super Bowl. And we'll leave it at that. We'll let him tell the rest of the story. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. At Twitter, you can uh, connect with the show at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman. All As always, check out KFFSC.com. That's KFFSC.com. That's the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship that Farrell runs. Always a good contest. Love competing in it every single year. The Facebook uh, page for the HSFF Hour is facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. 347-426-3682 is the phone number. 347-GAME-OVA. Football at gmail.com is the email box that my um, best friend and audio engineer Bryce is monitoring as well as our uh, mutual friend Rob and uh, producer uh, is, is uh, Rob, excuse me, is uh, monitoring as well. They are working very hard on that. We'll try to get to more emails this week. I know we didn't get to a ton last week. We'll try to get to more of them this week uh, coming up later on in the show. All right, so a couple of things we want to point out. Obviously, the 2021 best ball drafts are open with the FFPC, myffpc.com. In fact, if you want to jump in an FFPC draft right now, Number 26816, that's 26816. I believe it's just over half full. Farrell is in that one. You can beat him. It is a $250 classic slow draft. Uh, You can compete against him in that right now. Dynasty Orphans available also. MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty for sale. Uh, Those those orphans are running out, too. I was looking at that again uh, yesterday, and uh, we're getting fewer and fewer uh, orphans on there. So if you want to get a good deal on a good orphan team, make sure you're getting – on over to myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale. All right, let's get into the hard news here. I want to thank football guys, Draft Sharks, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's Fantasy Flash. Let's talk about the big NFL news of the week. The Colts and Eagles hooked up on a trade. Colts acquiring quarterback Carson Wentz from Philadelphia. They give up a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick, which could turn into a first-round pick, according to Adam Schefter on Twitter. Now, it does turn into a first-rounder if Wentz plays 75% of the Colts snaps or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. The Eagles are taking on nearly a $34 million dead money cap hit. That's the largest number in NFL history for one singular player. Now, Howie Roseman, who is the GM of Philadelphia said, uh, apparently wanted multiple first round picks for this, according to sources did not get it. He got the best offer on the table um, I don't know how interested the Bears were. We heard some reports that, that they may not have even offered anything to Philadelphia, and it could have been the Colts just bidding against themselves. Carson Wentz in 2020 led the NFL in fumbles, interceptions, sacks taken, and was benched after just 12 games. He's only 28 years old, but he's going to have the opportunity to go back to his old offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, and hopefully recapture the magic that had him as an uh, MVP candidate a few years ago until he had that devastating knee injury. So first, Farrell, let's just talk about it from the Colts standpoint. Wentz to Indianapolis, 
your thoughts on how this affects guys like T.Y. Hilton, if he's back there next year, Michael Pittman, who will be back there next year. You have Paris Campbell. Um, good offensive line, good running game. Seems to be a, a situation where Wentz is really set up to succeed. And he will succeed. You know, you talk about his his 2020 year, and, and it. I go back to some of the shows we did through the season, Balky, and you look at the individuals that Carson Wentz was on the field with, and you also get an understanding of what's been going on in that locker room and the coach and the problem with the owner and the general manager, which makes a lot of mistakes. You know, Allie's got some answering to do with the mathematics of the salary cap on this deal. But it, it, the Philadelphia situation, they could not stand prosperity in the city of brotherly love, and nobody had any love uh, for Carson Wentz. So this is a great, great thing for him. Uh, he goes to a team, and, you know, we we looked at the coach of the Cleveland Browns winning the uh, coach of the year in the NFL, Stefanski. But I argue that the coach of the year uh, was Frank Wright. Uh, Frank uh, has put together a team that uh, absolutely hates to lose and thinks they should always win. They're blue-collar they're hardworking. He's surrounded himself with coaches that are that way. The general manager is that same personality, comes out of Kansas City. The new offensive coordinator is Marcus Brady, a guy that played quarterback for six years in the CFL. Uh, the quarterback coach is Scott Milanovic, who came out of Maryland, coached in the CFL, played in the CFL. You put these two guys together, they played 10 years in the league, maybe through 150 passes total in all of their play. But they're hardworking guys that know football, and they are joining with Frank Reich, the natural coach for this player. So what does this player do very, very well? He throws the ball off the rollout, designed rollouts, different than what Mahomes does, but it looks a lot of the same way, especially when he's rolling away from the pass rush. So it's going to elevate all of the Indianapolis Colts, and it's going to elevate selected Colts better. You know, Philip Rivers, his 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 thing was to stand in the pocket and read all of of the uh, pass patterns. So you had multiple receivers that could catch the ball in any pattern. He would see somebody open and wouldn't release it. Carson Wentz has a quick release as since he came in the league. That's when you talk about uh, uh, his pre, except for his rookie year, he never even hit double digit interceptions. So he's accurate while moving around with his feet. Elevate T.Y. Hilton. I'm already seeing it in the drafts I'm in. He's moving up to uh, late single digits. Uh, elevate Michael Pittman. You know, when, when, a, when a quarterback can extend the play, uh, T.Y. Hilton is better at getting open than most of all receivers in the league. And this, this quarterback will extend the play. Michael Pittman will get separation. So with the play extended, he gets more separation. And a, and a sleeper that I really, really like for where we're going here is the tight end, Mo Alley Cox. I mean, this guy, this kid couldn't help. You know, he's 6'6, six, six, he's from Virginia. They put a basketball in his hand. He couldn't help that. You know, but he, he's a football player that has now matured, and the Colts have invested in him. And finally, they're in a situation to get payback on that investment. I could continue to talk about how natural this deal is for Carson Wentz. He's a blue-collar kid. 
coming to a blue-collar team in a blue-collar town whose damn jersey is blue. It doesn't get any better than this. For you know, we we gave the the play for the fantasy guys, uh, for the guys that may wander into the sports book when they head to the FFPC in the desert and play in Las Vegas. Uh, if, if if it holds the way it is now, uh, Indianapolis Colts are eleven to one to win the AFC championship. And Balky, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if they're going to win the AFC, but they're going to be in the title game. So I'm telling you to make your way wow. to sports book and, and get that title. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I think the defense is improving. They have some pieces there. Offensive line is obviously awesome. The running game is fantastic. We'll see with Wentz. I mean, if he does rebound at all, it's, it's going to be a huge boon for Indy. The re, from a fantasy standpoint, you know, the, the, T.Y. Hilton's an unrestricted free agent right now. They have Zach Pascal, who's a restricted free agent. Really the only guys of note that are under contract from the wide receivers are Pittman and Paris Campbell. So you're calling Mo Alley-Cox could uh, prove to be pretty huge, especially when you consider that He's, he's pretty much free right now in, in FFPC drafts. Tight end 47 going in the 26th round of best ball leagues, and you can get him essentially super late. This is Brevin Jordan, Drew Sample, Hunter Long, Devin Asiasi territory where you can get Mo Ali Cox. So take Farrell's advice, grab him a couple of rounds before that to ensure you have him on your roster. Flip side of the trade, Farrell, Adam Schefter, Chris Mortensen say the Eagles are likely to turn to Jalen Hurts but there's probably going to be some competition brought in to Philadelphia to see what they do at their starting quarterback position. Um, 2020 second rounder was Hurts. He obviously came on late in the season when Wentz was benched and played pretty well, obviously uh, offered a a dose of uh, a running game attack that Wentz either couldn't do or or wouldn't do after his injury. Um, But Hurts looked great uh, last year. They have the number six overall pick in the draft, does the Philadelphia Eagles. They still could take a quarterback there. And then, obviously, you would imagine that Hurts would be more of a bridge quarterback to whoever they draft at six. So just looking at the Philadelphia offense right now, I know it's kind of a mess. Um, Kern Reeve is asking, you know, what's going to happen with Zach Ertz. I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a trade. I think he is eventually going to be released given the cap situation. We already saw them release Deshaun Jackson. Alshon Jeffries probably going to be released here shortly. It's Miles Sanders. It's Jalen Rager. You know, outside of that, there's not a whole lot to get excited about from Philly. Are you looking at anybody in drafts right now from Philadelphia, not named Miles Sanders, with, the, with Jalen Hurts taking over, potentially only for a couple of months, if, if they do draft somebody in the first round? Mm, loaded question, Balky, and a good question. You know, I saw performances that I really, really liked from overachieving players. It was great to watch from a football perspective. And in some ways, we could take advantage from a fantasy perspective in that. I had a couple good good games out of the uh, big receiver, Fulgham, and, and, you know, he can be a spot play for you. But, but no, you know, you referred to Richard Rodgers, who had a couple of good games as a catch-it-and-fall-down tight end. And uh, Boston Scott is is uh, a great complimentary player, and uh, he loves to play against the Giants. I call him the Giant Killer. But uh, all of, but you know he is not uh, he's not. And I point this out because these were the kind of players that were on the field with Carson Wentz. Now Jalen Hurts first at Alabama and then at Oklahoma. So you've got a player, I don't know of any player in college ball who's ever under a more scrutinizing microscope than this player. 
And then he goes in the second round. If you drafted him in the second round, if you're the general manager who did that, you're going to need to commit to him. And so he's when he went to Oklahoma, there was some leadership skills, uh, type A personality, big voice in the locker room. This is the kind of player that's only going to uh, that your team's only going to be successful if he's on it and he's playing. You're not going to be successful because it's going to be a divided locker room with two quarterbacks. This is the kind of kid that's not going to meld with another quarterback, especially another young draft quarterback. That would be a disaster uh, in my mind. Uh, so I want to yep. see what happens in the draft. If, if, if the Eagles draft another quarterback, I'm actually running away from I'm actually running away from all Eagles, except maybe the running backs. Yeah, I mean, you got to have some clarity here. And and I think to have a guy that you took in the second round last year competing against the guy you're taking sixth overall this year, that doesn't offer a lot of clarity. And and especially with the new head coach there, that might be a a must-avoid offense right now. The the only guy, I mean, you know, and and Kern pointed this out in the chat room too, Dallas Goddard is is certainly worth our time. Dallas Goddard going off as the tight end seven right now at the 6'10". In FFPC drafts might be a little bit too rich for my blood, given mm-hmm. what we know with Philadelphia right now. Miles Sanders um, currently is going as the running back 17 at the 304. This was a guy we saw last year going as high as the 101. Granted, that was two Packer doing that in the football guys draft. But still, he went as high as the 101 that I've seen. Running back 17 this year, maybe there's some value there. I don't know. I, I, we got to flesh that out. That's Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon. Um, James Robinson, CEH territory is where Sanders is going right now. So we'll be following that situation. Hey, we have $500,000 FFPC playoff challenge winner, Stephen Rannigan, coming up in just one minute here. Before we get to him, one last thing I want to bring up, as long as we're on the subject of quarterbacks, Kevin Colbert, the GM of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, said he has to, quote, look at this current cap situation when he was asked about Ben Roethlisberger being the starting quarterback again in 2021. Brooke Pryor tweeted this out this week. There was a press conference in Pittsburgh. Colbert said, excuse me, uh, Colbert had a ton of opportunities to say Roethlisberger is the starter in Pittsburgh. He's coming back in 2021, but he never really, he had the opportunity to say it, never did. Quote, as we sit here today, Ben is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, end quote. Um, I don't know um, what they're thinking in Pittsburgh. I do know this. They're in a not a great cap situation. Um, ben Roethlisberger is going to be like a 42, $42, $41 million cap hit this year. He says he wants to come back. He doesn't care what he makes. Um, Pittsburgh may have other plans there. And this is a buyer's market for quarterbacks this year. Um, I, I, this would be a $19 million cap saving, so it certainly helped Pittsburgh. But I don't know as far as the team goes, if that's the, the route you want to go, given the defense you have on the other side of the field right now, Juju Smith-Schuster is also a free agent. James Conner is a free agent. You have to make decisions at, at the skill positions there. Farrell, you're, you're an NFL agent here. What's, what's your best gauge on the situation in Pittsburgh? Is, is this um, getting to be more and more of a real possibility that Roethlisberger is not the quarterback for Pittsburgh next year? Because for me, I'm still betting that it's going to happen. Not sure how safe that bet is anymore. I don't either, Balky, because Kevin Colbert is a very, very solid guy. He never talks out of two sides of his face. And uh, when he says something, he means it. And I looked at this string of quotes, and, and I don't think even he would know what he means. Maybe if uh, I was helping Kevin out, I would say, you know, let's go hire that uh, 
Let's go hire the, hire the girl, Kelly McEnany, that works for Trump. She's out of a job, and we let her handle the press <laughs> for you. And, and if, I'm, I'm working, if I'm working for, uh, um, for Ben Roethlisberger, like Ryan Tolner is, his longtime agent, uh, I'm going to call, and, and, and I'm going to say, explain to me like I'm six years old what you just said. But I think uh, Tolner has already presented to Colbert the fact that Ben is willing to to massage that contract, extend that contract, make it less of a cap hit. You must get creative. Um, you must uh, you must create space to service all these players in Pittsburgh uh, that you can keep. And, and you know, keeping it together is a big deal. They got to do it around down at Tampa. But they but they're a little more prepared for it. Just, uh, I just don't know, but it is very odd, Bobby, and I appreciate you bringing it up because it's the strangest thing I've ever seen come out of this organization and this general manager's mouth. You don't really normally associate this type of um, I'm trying to think of the the, the word for it. Um, just um, you know, there's not a lot of clarity there for an organization that, no, that's always it, had it and. It, it is, and, and, and I and, and, and I and I think and let's just let me interject real real quick here. I think we all search for it for clarity. Maybe not for Pittsburgh. Maybe not for for fantasy. Well, yes, for fantasy because Chase Claypool people, Deontay Johnson people, they want to know what's going on because if they got to go through this Duck Hodges thing again uh, that they went yes. through last year, exactly. they don't want to have any part of it. No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna. Uh, you're not gonna get the value for your Deontay Johnson, your Chase Claypool, uh, with with anyone uh, <laughs> with anyone currently on the roster. Not named Roethlisberger, but on center. Um, we have much more to discuss with with you know. It, it, it's it's weird because it's a time of the year where we don't expect a whole lot of news to be breaking. We saw a lot of cuts today. We'll probably reference more of those. Uh, coming up in the latter half of the show. But I do want to get to our guest right now, ladies and gentlemen, because it is HSFF royalty. Two years ago, he won $200,000 in the RT Sports Fantasy Championship. Last year, $200,000 in the Rotowire Online Championship. This month, put both of those to shame, he won $500,000 as the champion. In the 2020-2021 World Famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, please welcome back to the show, Steven Rannigan. Steven, congratulations, my man. And are you, I know you were in celebratory mode, Super Bowl night. Has, has that stopped? Are you still partying? Have you calmed down yet? Yeah. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing good. Good. Good, yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I, I really enjoy the show. I listen a lot. And, uh, you know, you guys do a really good job, you know, really kind of, you know, digging deep into the players and the systems and stuff like that. I listen to some of the other shows you know, on some of the other channels and it's just, it's kind of not the same level. So I just kind of wanted to say that first, I think you guys do a great job. So. Steven, you are too kind, my friend, you are way too kind. I I know we were, we exchanged a few emails um, after the conference championship games leading up into the Super Bowl. I know you were very nervous and it seemed like um, you, uh, the, the nervousness alleviated in a good way. Super Bowl night, it seemed like you had a you had a very good Super Bowl, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, you know, like you said I enjoyed some, uh, you know, some beverages, and I kind of needed that to kind of calm myself down at first. But um, I think I probably owe some money to your uh, Packers coach there. I know you're a big uh, Packers fan, so <laughs> for uh, not going for it, I'm fourth down there. 
Um, oh, that, but now uh, you're opening up open wounds here, Stephen. Like I'm, I'm crazy telling you what a great guy you are, and then you're telling me how my Packers are so close to the big game. That's okay. I'm, I'm still happy for you because this is, this has been an incredible uh, run for you that that you've been on, and we'll get into more of that. So, but, but before we get to that, when you're talking about, you know, I know you submitted. It wasn't just one lineup for you in the playoff challenge. I know you submitted um, several lineups, and I want to kind of get yep. your philosophy. The one that won the whole thing, the one that took down the five hundred thousand dollars. I want to kind of get your philosophy on how you built that one because the reaction I saw on Twitter and from some other high stakes players are like, "Oh my God, I guess I don't have to be crazy town banana pants with these picks. I, I don't have to pick all these, you know, high ceiling, low floor guys. I can go with a pretty strong lineup here and win the whole thing, which is what you did." Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's so I definitely um. You know, uh, you know, I'll be honest. You know, I really liked the two, the two quarterbacks. I liked were, you know, unfortunately Lamar Jackson and and Brady. I was really high on, and I know I've been on you know your Rotoviz show, some other shows, and I, I've actually said, you know, I just you know I stay away from Brady. And um, you know, I got you know I got to say it, you know, before I get into some of the lineup construction. I, I mean, I was in awe, you know, at what he did, going to a um, you know a brand new team. Um, you know, with a really short off season, uh, it was, it was amazing, really. I'm hundred percent honesty. And I know a lot of people, you know, that know me, you know, I've sort of been, um, you know, not too, you know, not heaping too much praise on him. Um, you, you know, you know, mainly in the fantasy, um, you know, you know, the fantasy realm. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as that lineup go, you, you know, goes, I, I really, I, I tried to characterize what the playoffs were going to be. And I, I kind of didn't like the running back. It was kind of the opposite of what, last year and th- this contest is really weird and I've, I I always felt like I could win this contest and I don't know you know I'm not like a supremely ultimate super confident person but I really thought that at some point that I could win that contest because every time that I was you know setting those lineups I felt like you know I, I I really feel like I have just like a knack for this this contest um and I know in that lineup it it was interesting because I I sort of said, you know, you know, I think I'm going to sort of try to go with a wide receiver centric lineup here, really. And, um, you know, obviously I did some, you know, strategy around that, right. I mean, some of the, you know, the Kelsey pick was, you know, just sort of, you know, the boilerplate pick, right. Um, I tried to focus really on the, the, the defense and the kicker because that's what hurt me last year, right. I finished fourth and it was basically because, you know, you know, everyone had kickers that did really well. And, you know, I think my kicker got like two points or something. So, I tried to focus on that. Ironically enough, my defense really didn't do that great, but luckily, you know, the rest of the players on that team, I actually had the Washington defense, you know, and I figured they would, you know, kind of do better in that game. Um, you know, although they did pretty well, um, you know, looking back, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I, I was really high on Brady just about what they had done uh, kind of the last three weeks, you know, kind of watching some of their games and just, I sort of got a feel that they were kind of going to do something, but I wasn't sure they would get that far. I honestly thought they would lose in that NFC championship game. Um, I also thought that, you know, I know no team has ever made it to play in their home stadium. And I thought, you know, if anybody could do it, he could probably do that, actually get them there. You know, you know, maybe if they didn't, you know, I'm not sure I even expected them to win either. Um, So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I approached it. I, I did like Nick Chubb also because I felt like I felt like they were coming on and I feel like a lot of people just sort of, uh, you know, kind of crap on them, you know, and don't like Mayfield and stuff like that. And, you know, I know Chubb's 
you know, kind of one dimensional too. So, um, you know, I just liked the way he was running at that time. So I was, you know, I was trying to mix together a lot of sort of like strategy with, you know, the things I was seeing. So I, I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think it makes a lot of sense, David. You can look at your track record to see, you know, in 2022 uh, here in our league in Kentucky, we're going to have our first Super Bowl party, Super Bowl weekend draft and party. Uh, I don't know of any draft starting earlier than that. We're going to have some live drafts and a big party. Balky's going to be there. He'll, and as usual, he'll be the life of the party. But <laughs> I would say that if you will commit to come any time in this upcoming year, that all eyes will be on you, my friend. So, you know, you talked a little bit. I, I From what I understand now, you have Brady and you had Kelsey in, in the Super Bowl game. Is that correct? Off yes, of your sir. winning yep. lineup? Okay, yep. so you had Brady and Kelsey. Um, so I, I, we kind of know exactly what you were going through. Who did you spend that evening with and who enjoyed uh, uh, being there with you as, as you realized you had locked up that win? Yeah, it was funny. I mean, I ended up um, watching the game with my daughter, you know, my son and my wife. It was weird. I I'm kind of superstitious, so I like to watch the game. You know, things are going okay. I like to watch on the same TV. I'll watch in the same area at times. I know that seems very odd, but um, no, that <laughs> sounds just exactly right to me. That's it. I get it. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I'm there with you, brother. Yeah. So it was weird, and the TV kept going uh, out. It was like the connection was weird, and it was like. I couldn't even hear the audio, and I was like, I'm not going to leave here. I'm going to just watch it with no sound if I have to. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so it just ended up, like, kind of, you know, just watching it, you know, with the family. And, um, yeah, it was a little hectic at times, but luckily, you know, the kind of the game script had kind of worked out pretty well by the time it was in the third quarter. I, was, I still didn't really feel fully comfortable. I was, you know, kind of um, bothering my brother for two weeks saying, well, this could happen and that could happen and this could happen, and then – by the time the third quarter hit all those, you know, scenarios, I had, you know, spent so much time just, you know, having two weeks just sort of figuring out every scenario that could hurt me basically. Um, so yeah, it was great. And then, um, you know, FFBC called me, which I thought was, I thought that was really awesome. I was like shocked, you know, I saw it come up on my phone and it was just, it just felt like really good to have somebody from the company call me. And, uh, you know, it was, that was honestly really a great moment. So it was, uh, it was really great watching it, and yeah, you know, like I said, I I look at it more sort of, you know, for the achievement of it, just because I've looked up to a lot of these players that are really, really good players, like the Chad, um, you know, um, Schroeder, Chad, Schroeder. Schroeder, yes, Chad Schroeder, you know, the you know Kim Schleikers and so, you know the Henry Muto and some of those guys and girls, but just uh, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, I just felt felt really. Felt really proud of myself, I guess, is the best way to say it. And you should. And, and I could – you totally should. And I could tell the listeners, too, like, Stephen and I have, like, you know, exchanged emails over the years. Like, this wasn't just, like, a, a, a thing that just happened over the last couple of weeks, talking about how how badly you wanted to win an FFPC grand prize because you had done it – well, I mean, you did it with RT, win the 200 grand there in yep. 2018. You win the 200 grand with Rotowire and NFFC last year. And now you get – I mean – Third, not only third six-figure grand prize, third consecutive year where you win a six-figure grand prize. So, Stephen, I know anybody who's downloading this, streaming this, listening live right now, they want to know 
What's the secret? I know you're probably going to tell me, well, Balky, you know, it's just one of those things. I was very fortunate. I got lucky. No, you didn't get lucky. You know what's going on with this. You know how to do it. What, what, if, if there's one piece of advice you can offer somebody who's trying to win one of this, you know, these life-changing grand prize um, purses, what, what's the one piece of advice you would give them, something that's really paid off for you over the last few years? Uh, it's, 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 it's tough because they've all been so different, you know, and I've said this before, but, like, my focus has changed, like, over the past, I'd say, five years. Like, I really, um, you know, I look at a lot of different sources, and I, I sort of, you know, marry all those sources with, like, gut feelings and sort of watching, you know, different things that I see. Um, um, you know, I think with, you know, like that playoff contest, I think it's really just, you know, it's sort of mapping out kind of what you think, you know, you know, what's going to end up in the Super Bowl, right? But it's, I mean, really, you know, does the Super Bowl end up, you know, like really what everybody thinks it is? It really doesn't turn out that way. There's always at least one team that ends up in there that nobody, you know, that people could see that happening, but they don't, you know, everybody seems to be on the same teams, right? It's like last year, nobody could have envisioned that, you know, Lamar Jackson could have made it there, right? So, too, a little bit, but there was, you know, you know, I thought the Chiefs could get there too, right? So, I think it's just, um, God, I hate to say this, but it's just like, you know, you know, grinding it out really, like, you know, the, you know, the information and, um, you know, looking at lots of different sources. I think some of it is what I do is, you know, and it was, it was strange because at the beginning of the year, I sort of fell into this trap of getting conservative and I, I had a really horrible regular season and I actually went back and looked at some of my drafts and I had out of, you know, let's say out of like 20 drafts, I had 12 of them that I lost my first round pick. So it's like, I'm, mm. I'm sitting there. I had some, yeah, I had some of these teams that were like eight and six or seven and seven. And I was like, it's amazing. I even got these teams to eight and six and seven and seven. I, you know, like I had Michael Thomas, Barkley and McCaffrey, I think on like 13 of them. Right. And that's like, you're, oh my you're God. almost done at that point. Yeah. That's yeah. tough so, to come back from. It, it, it is, it is. And, um, you know, I think some of it is just really like not being afraid to, you know, I think this is a big thing is not being afraid to go against the grain. You know, um, you know, I think a lot of people, you'll get into a draft and somebody will kind of make fun of your pick. So you're, you know, you want to go home with that perfect draft that looks good on paper, but those drafts never really win, right? The ones that look great on paper. I've had so many of my look, I'm like, oh my God, this team is loaded. And it's like the team ends up like seven and seven at the end of the year. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> you, know? you know, well, you know, I hope better luck comes your way in uh, in in 2021's uh, redraft leagues uh, in the FFPC, and I I, I uh, most likely think it will. And I've, I'm looking at some of these receivers when I when I put together my playoff team, uh, my Tampa Bay Buck, I wanted to have. You know, I, I look at that and I think I'll fall prey to trying to win too cute. You know, I had to have. Uh, Antonio Brown was going to be, and I could envision him catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And yes, he did, but the injury bug hit there too because he wasn't available. I suppose that in this format, we definitely have to have availability. Durability and availability was the mark of these two players. Both of them were on your team, uh, Stefan Diggs and D.K. Metcalf. You won't be able to get them both, I don't think. In, in the redraft leagues. So if you can only draft one of them or, or maybe the one you're going to draft first, because I have a hard time separating these two guys for this upcoming season, uh, which one would it be, Steve? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like, you know, on this team, it's funny because I think everyone really didn't want to play him, um, you know, you know, with with Ramsey. And I, I played him. I was shocked that he had such a good game. But I, I really – it's tough. Sometimes, I'll like, I'll look at a player that I had on some teams and I'll be like, man, I don't want this opportunity to go by where everybody's on him. I want – you know, I want to get this player while the value's low. And I remember thinking that, like, okay, you know, if I win something, I want to win something with Metcalf, right? So – I mean, I'm not really giving away any secrets here. That guy is ridiculous, right? That guy, um, you know, Diggs had an awesome year. I just worry about Diggs a little bit with the personality, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, possibly kind of flying off the handle a little bit. But I mean, I mean, Metcalf. I mean, he looks like a um, he looks like a lineman, you know. I mean, he's that guy is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, we're so, talking with Stephen Rand again here. The the yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I would definitely, you know, kind of go for, you know, I would go for Metcalf there, but, you know, I don't think that's any secret. And, um, you know, I think you'll have to really move up, you know, move him up to get him. And I'm circling I, and him it, right now. It's, it's one of those things, too. It's just like, you know, that we could spend a whole podcast talking about what Seattle's going to do on offense this year, you know, where they're firing an offensive coordinator because he doesn't want to run the ball a lot, even though his MO has been running. And, uh, you know, they hire somebody new, you would think, that is going to support Pete Carroll in running the ball. Then we get another report saying Chris Carson's probably not coming back. So I don't know what to think about Seattle right now. But sometimes, especially when you're drafting this early, bet on talent and, uh, and hope for the opportunity. And we already saw what Metcalf did with the opportunity in 2020. Um, it, it'd be hard to say that, that you're going to go wrong with that uh, in the second round this year. Stephen Rannigan is our guest tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, $500,000 world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge Grand Prize winner this year. You mentioned Nick Chubb earlier. I want to talk about him uh, here now with you, Stephen. He's, he's another uh, guy in your squad that, that helped you win the half million bucks. Right now he's going ahead of players like Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs. There's a handful of rookies he's also going in front of. J.K. Do- well, not rookies anymore, but J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift are all being drafted after Nick Chubb. Does, is that the right spot for Chubb right now to be going ahead of those guys? And just to, to, to let the listeners know, he's going at the 201 right now on average in FFPC draft. Shout out to Darren Armani from fantasymojo.com who compiles this ADP data. Would you be leaving Nick Chubb in the draft pool in, in favor of some of these other guys that are going after him? Or is that the right spot at that one, two turn? Yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty good. You know, I, it's funny. I saw that, that list of, you know, I'm not a big Jacobs guy, although he's got, um, you know, good, good stats, you know, like advanced stats and things like that. But, uh, you know, you know, some of those advanced stats don't really work out on the field, right. You won't, you know, one year they could be great. And then they sort of drop, you know, in, um, you know, yards after first contact and all that, right. That stuff. So, um, you know, I think um, I love Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones, he's been on two of my teams. I mean, he's, I just don't get what I don't get what they're doing. I don't get what the Packers are doing with him because that guy is, uh, uh, man. I think he's just so talented, and I, I'm almost looking, you know. And I don't want this to happen to your Packers, uh, Eric. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I would like to see him somewhere where you know they where they really feature him. You know, they they must know something. I, I know he's been a little injury prone too, but um, I'd love to see him in like a feature role just to see what he could do. He seems like. He's such a great kid too. Anytime I've ever seen him interviewed, he just seems like such a such a good guy too. Um, so, you know, I like him and I and I do like Eckler. I mean, you know, I that offense. Um, 
Chubb to me seems like somebody who could get injured. You know, I kind of get that feeling. Um, but, you know, obviously if he stays healthy, I mean, he's, I mean, the numbers he's putting up, you know, it's better than, you know, any running back, you know, in the league. And he's obviously in a great system too. So. You know, speaking of great systems, Steve, the, the, uh, Travis Kelsey was, his, his, has paid dividends for you throughout his career, and you're going to have to spend a first-round pick in the FFPC to get him, surprisingly, a player that I got in the fifth round last year uh, that everybody got in the fifth round. Um, Darren Waller is a first-round pick, too, and in some situations, Kittle may have the same as a first-round ADP. Are you willing to commit uh, a first-round draft pick to to a tight end uh, when we gather uh, in August and uh, when we gather in September uh, to draft in Las Vegas? Yeah, I probably would. I mean, especially, you know, in this format with that, you know, tight end format. Um, it's kind of weird. I I don't like doing my drafts that way because I've noticed over the years that I just, with my style, I don't seem to come out with, like, what I like, right? And some people can right. do it fine, right? They but yeah, you know, you know, based on everyone has their own styles, right? You know, and they can all win leagues and win money. But, um, you know, I I almost like when I don't have the chance to get any of those players, whether I pick like fourth or something, and I'm like, all right, good, I didn't have to make that decision. Um, you know, I mean, Kelsey's obviously, I mean, it's got to be as automatic of a pick in this format as as you could get, right? Bar, barring you know, you know, any um, you know, injuries that he may get, right? He seems to have stayed healthy pretty well. I mean. He seems to, you know, hardly ever get injured, knock on wood. So, I mean, I think those are good picks, um, you know. And, uh, I mean, the tight end position is such a mess. It's just it's, um, it's just really it's so hard to find just anything that can, um, you know, actually provide you with, like, 150 points, you know, it seems. So, um, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that making sense. By the way, Stephen Rannigan, who won the $500,000 in the FFPC Playoff Challenge, I should mention his lineup, too. I know I posted it in the chat room earlier. But the winning lineup, Tom Brady was the quarterback. The running backs, just two of them. Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara, a lot of wide receivers on this team, six of them. Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, Chase Claypool, Stephon Diggs, D.K. Metcalf, Travis Kelsey was a tight end, Matt Gayette, kicker, and the Washington football team as the defense on this squad. So congrats again, uh, Stephen. I want to get to a couple of emails here. Um, as, as time allows the first one, Oh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Jim writes, hello, Steven. How high would you consider Justin Jefferson in FFPC drafts this year? Is he a back end of the first round player? Congrats, man. That is Jim in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Right now, Justin Jefferson in FFPC best ball drafts is going as the wide receiver six, but he is not going until the back end of the second round at the two eleven spot. So, uh, Steven, your your thoughts on this guy who really set the fantasy world on fire last year as a rookie, broke some br- pretty long-standing rookie wide receiver records, and he looks to continue down that path here in 2021. How do you feel about Justin Jefferson at the back end of the second round this year? Yeah, yeah. First of all, th- thank you to that email, um, the, you know, the, that email participant for the congratulations. I appreciate that. Um, y- yeah, yeah. Um, that seems a little early to me for him, but I mean, he is, uh, he, he looks like, you know, he's going to be unbelievable. So, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, whatever your style is, right. If you think, you know, that you like, you, you know, you know, like him and you're, you know, you're probably going to have to move up, you know, to get him. That that seems a little 
high to me. Um, but, you know, you know, who really knows? It would be interesting to see who the quarterback is there, too, though. I heard you talking earlier in the show. So, it's like there's so many QB changes. You just don't really know, you know, sort of, you know, what's going to happen. Some of these receivers are going to fall into, like, goldmine situations, you know. Um, I want – I would like to, to get into some more emails here uh, with you, Stephen, but I'm in for, for time's sake, I want to move on here. And, and sure. Farrell, I know you have a question about the, uh, we alluded to it at the top of the program, the big NFL trade that went down this week. I'll let you ask Stephen about that. Well, yeah, we're, uh, we're talking Carson Wentz and I believe we could elevate all the Colts. Um, what do you think about Carson and just any fantasy perspective you would have on any of the uh, on any of the Indianapolis Colts and what you can uh, where you think they'll be headed in this draft. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. It's funny around here. I kind of mentioned to some people. I I really thought that the Patriots, you know, probably should have looked at him. Um, I took him in drafts this year. He absolutely killed me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, in doing this playoff challenge, I sort of learned a lesson in like, you know, take you know taking somebody like Brady. It's really somebody that I don't take. So. I learned a lesson and like, you know, you, you know, you really can't think that way. Right. You gotta, you know, if somebody right. burns you one year, you still, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you still got to look at it. Um, yeah. Don't I think hold he's a grudge, do pretty well. Steve. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No. And, and, you know, I'm learning that, um, you, you know, as we go here. So it's, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I think he'll do really well there. The line's awesome there. They got good receivers. Um, you know, you know, even some of those guys like uh, Zach Pascal. They got good tight ends. Um, you know, I I think Reich, you know, ha, you know, has a, um, you know, he has got a good knack for kind of keeping, you know, sort of the, um, you know, the environment right and all that. And obviously, being a great quarterback mm-hmm. coach, I think he'll, you know, I think he'll be very serviceable, you know, as a QB. That's just my opinion on that one. Um, Steve, like, I, I, I know I should probably get sick of asking you this question, but I don't because you keep winning these massive grand prizes and I keep waiting for you to say, oh yeah, bulky, I'm going to take this half million dollars. I'm going to buy my own Island somewhere. I'm going to do all my drafts from there. It's going to be great. Nothing but umbrella drinks and sunshine for me, 365 days of the year. What are your plans for the half million dollars you won with the FFPC this year, my friend? Tell him it's none of your business, about- Steve. It's none of his business. Tell him it's none of his business. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you feel yeah. free to sh- – you know, if it's something, you know, you want to keep to yourself, feel free to keep it to yourself and make something up. I just want a cool answer. No, no, no. Yeah, I was thinking about buying a bunch of GameStop uh, stock. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, um, no, I know my daughter wanted, like, a makeup kit, so I definitely want to get that for her. She she's she wants like five or ten makeup kits, a bunch of different kinds. Um, she'll be going my... to Paris to pick these makeup kits up. Is that what's happening here? She's going. Yeah, absolutely. She's going yep. Right to the yep. fashion centers to get the makeup. Okay. <laughs> and um, you know, I know my son. He wants like a new like gaming PC or something. But um, yeah, I, I was kind of joking back and forth with Chris. She's been great. Just you know, kind of you know. Help, you know, helping, you know, different players through all this, like signing up. <clears throat> she's been awesome. She kind of kids around. She goes, so are you buying like a boat or like uh she's like, you, you know, or a big truck, you know, she's like, I carry like nine and 10 dogs, you know, in my truck, you know? Um, and it's like, honestly, like I, 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 don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I was like, just the only thing I could think of was like a car. So I think I might upgrade my car. That's really the, like sincere honesty. That's the only thing I've really thought of. 
So what? So well, what are you thinking about upgrading it to, uh, Stephen? Like, what, what? What are we talking about? Bugatti, Maserati, something like that, or what? What are you thinking? <laughs> I, I, I've always liked that Range Rover HSE. So uh, you there know, you wife, go. Like that. All mm-hmm. right. Yep. Good for you, man. It, uh, well, that has that has a nice look for you. You know, I Balky, I was thinking that Stephen was gonna say he was gonna buy nine and a half bitcoins. That was going to be the answer <laughs> that I was expecting. Oh, but wait, hey, hold on, you hold know, on, hold on. Breaking news, Farrell. As of two minutes ago, he can only afford eight and a half bitcoin with five hundred thousand dollars. There you go. <laughs> See, you better act quickly. Get off the phone and, and uh, get in yeah. there and, and get those bitcoins. Um, we're eventually we're going to get to see you face to face, Steve. When we do, there will be, be some great. players that uh, we'll see. We'll see drafters reaching too far on. Perhaps uh, as great a player as he is, Jefferson in Minnesota still has to share the airways with. Uh, with Adam Thielen, so you know, that might be one that, we, that that people would be drafting too high on. Can you think of a player that will be a bargain, that you can see slipping more than he should, that you can't wait to draft in the double-digit rounds that will, will help ensure you against some of that uh, bad injury luck that plagued you last year and deliver big returns for a small investment? Yeah, I'd say um, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, and this one I'm I'm not too sure about, but just because I watch him play quite a bit, and you know, it's really a kind of hit or miss. But I, I do like Damian Harris. I, I mean, I don't like that you know, he doesn't catch the ball, but you know, I feel like there's something there with him. I'm just not, you know, mm-hmm. not fully sure that that you know there's like a breakout there. But the problem is with like you, you know with the Patriots around here, they don't really you know, or the way their offense used to be. You know, they don't really feature one running back, right? But that was, I think, more of a product of Brady always, you know, wanting that outlet kind of like he was doing, a, you know, throwing the ball to Fournette, and, you know, in these different games. Um, you know, um, you know, I think it depends on the quarterback, right? So um, right. that's that's one guy I would say. Very good. Two straight weeks, Farrell, that we, that we get uh, Damian Harris. Uh, comments as far as sleepers for, for next year might be something to think about here when you consider he's running back 35 in the ninth round of FFPC best balls right now. Very, very affordable. Um, I know it's early Steven, but a, a guy that, that you're avoiding right now in, in drafts early on, a guy that if you were drafting at this point in February, that would not find his way onto your roster. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely just one that I see early that, you know, I'm just I'm not into real at all. Is uh, David Montgomery, and he's I mean he looked great, but I mean you know if you look at the schedule he had last year, you know towards that, I mean he just beat up on these awful run defense. I think they were like all like 26 or worst. I mean he did look good, but I mean there's a little bit of you know kind of who you're running against, right? You know that makes you look that much better, and um, just not a fan. I, I don't think the offense is that great, but. Um, yeah, that that's somebody that I just kind of won't have. I mean, you know, maybe that'll change my mind, you know, you know, over the next year or so. But it's just, um, you know, I I don't want to get caught up in that recency bias with him. Yes, definitely. Beware recency bias. Beware of the career year. Montgomery is. Uh, you're, you might be guilty of both if you're if you're drafting him where he's currently going. Now, right now he's running back twenty one, which doesn't strike me as as a huge price. Um, he's going currently on average at the end of the third round, the 312, right behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Najee Harris, and then right ahead of Travis Etienne and Kareem Hunt. So 
I get it. It seems like people aren't going gaga for David Montgomery right now. But, man, if that picks up and, 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 and the, the spike happens for Montgomery, you, you might want to be looking elsewhere. We never look elsewhere when we're going for premium fantasy content uh, than uh, Stephen Rannigan, who has now pocketed three separate six-figure grand prizes over the last three years, $500,000 alone this past year. Stephen, what a treat it is to talk to you about fantasy football, talk to you about your latest winnings. I would say, hey, you know, maybe we'll talk again soon down the road, but quite frankly, we'll, we'll probably be doing this thing about a year from now, talking about your latest $100,000, $200,000, $500,000 victory. I can't wait to do that again. And uh, I hope uh, you enjoy your new vehicle, your daughter enjoys her makeup kit, and your son enjoys gaming, man, because uh, you guys deserve it. Thank you so much for popping on tonight. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks a lot, Farrell. Uh, it's been great. You guys are an awesome company, and I, I don't just say that, um, you know, just to say it. It's, um, you know, you guys just, you know, the customer relations, everything, it's awesome. You know, I really mean that, so I really appreciate it. Stephen, we really pleasure, appreciate buddy. you saying that, too. Yeah, for sure. Be good, and uh, enjoy your weekend, dude. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Stephen it. Stephen Rannigan, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge Half-million-dollar grand prize winner. Uh, pretty incredible stuff. And, and it's so funny, like, you know, Farrell, as, as we, we look back on this Rannigan interview, like, I, I remember exchanging emails with him a, a year or two ago, and, and he's, he, you know, he wins the 200000 um in these other competitions, and he's like, oh, I really want to win yours, though. I really want to win FFPC. And I was thinking to myself, like, dude, come on, like, you already won $400,000. Like, why do you want to win mm-hmm. uh, another, you know, grant? it's just to win one is insane. And then we see, you know, guys like a B-Bag Batova winning back-to-back football guys, players, championships, and, and Rannigan wins this one. Uh, it, it, what an incredible year it was for fantasy football. And Rannigan, certainly, we talk about Ag Batova winning back-to-back, but I think what Rannigan's done three straight years, this is incredible stuff, man. It is incredible stuff, and these guys are, are the top in their business, and the, the they're great competitors. They see one mountain, they climb it. They want to climb the next mountain. Good for them. I would I would love a chance to beat them. And oh, guess what? Just pick the best player on each team that's available. That's a good strategy, <laughs> you know. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Hmm. Um. Uh, one. Of, okay. So as we as we pick through this, um. One of the things that stood out to me is, um, you know, I think, and I'm guilty of this too. Once we we find an analyst we really like, once we find oh. a pundit out there that that we yep. that we really uh, appreciate, whether it's the way they deliver the message, whether it's the message itself, we tend to glob onto that, right? We tend to just yeah. let their words hang on a little bit more than we should, or or than is is um, worthy, than it's worthy of. And, and Steven said, like, look, I, I go, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I listen to a ton of people on, you know, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I listen, I read a lot of stuff on the internet, and I try to marry. He said the word marry. He tries to marry those ideas with his own gut feelings and the eye test for himself. And, and I mean, it, I, I guess that seems obvious, but I think sometimes, you know, we, we can tend to fall into a trap of listening to one voice too much. And I think that's something he's been able to avoid over the last three years. That was brilliant how he mentioned uh, the, 
personalities of the players, which shows that he's not only watching football, that he's not only watching Red Zone, that he's watching the interviews, that he's watching the press conference, that he's judging people on how genuine they are and how they represent themselves. And Stefan Diggs, uh, you know, everything went right. I liked what he said about that. Everything went right for Stefan Diggs this year. Next year, maybe that's not the case. Metcalf did his uh, his share of uh, of acting out on the sidelines too. But you know, mm-hmm. volatile players that know how to keep their passion contained um, show maturity, and those are the players that you can count on. And I think that's what uh, anyone that can identify that, it looks like he's a complete player. In other words, he's thinking, living, and being with football all the time. So there's a lot that goes into him picking these 10 players to compete in that contest, or 12 players. Um, 12, yeah, exactly, this year. Um, so the the one other thing I wanted to bring up, and this is something that I struggled with, ah, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I, I feel like I've gotten better at it. Uh, I'm still not all the way there. Um, this idea of not holding grudges, as you put it tonight. Um, mm-hmm. So many fantasy players, you know, I, I play in some of these local leagues, basement leagues or whatever in Northeast Wisconsin. And, and, you know, some of these guys, they get burned by a player. I'll never draft him again. There's no way I'm ever mm-hmm. having him on my team again. And, you know, every player has his price. You know, I, I can say, well, this guy's off my board. Well, at, at a certain point, he's on it. And, and I think it's important to understand that we play fantasy football, and it's 16 weeks out of a season that we count the stats. That, that's not a huge sample size. Um, and, and so for a guy to have a rough year, well, that's 16 games. I mean, what's to say that he's going to continue to have rough years after that? And, and it's, there's, there's not a lot of statistical analysis out there to say that once a guy burns you, he's going to continue to burn you. Um, and the other thing, too, examples is, of that this year, Corey Davis was a perfect example. Oh, yeah. Total, yeah. Anybody, how many people have we already had on Farrell on this show? Like, well, Kern Reeve, who's in the mm-hmm. chat right now, drafted him as the last pick in the uh, Pros versus Joes competition, and they ended up winning the whole thing by a landslide. And Corey Davis there was a huge part of that. And I think the other thing I'll just point out before I will, I'll try to get to an email here tonight, he, he goes against the grain. You know, there are so many times where people, and I commission a ton of drafts online, I see it, um, people making fun of other people's picks. And, you know, that's cool, but you got if you're going to do that, you got to be prepared to eat the crow. And there's a, a lot of people out there who have made fun of picks off guys who ended up winning the whole thing, winning their league or yep. winning a, a five-figure or six-figure grand prize. And I think Brannigan understands, like, look, no, we don't get – you don't win prizes based on your draft win prizes based on um, your season-long um, performance. And if, if he gets made fun of for a couple minutes in the draft, hey, no sweat. You know, he's already won the better part of a million bucks over the last three years doing his own thing. And, and I think that that's the other thing to keep in mind. ADP is a good guide. It, it shouldn't – well, ADP is a good um, – I'm trying to think of the best analogy here. It, it's a – it is a good guide, but you certainly don't want – it's not always the, the quickest path to fantasy goodness. No. Two-packer two says it's best. Farrell, if you draft by ADP, average draft position, you'll have an average team. That's right. Exactly right. Perfect. Could not have said it better than myself than, than the mascot of the show. And and Rannigan has had nothing. but I mean, he's had some dogs, but he's also had three teams that have won 
200,000, 200,000, and 500,000. So good on him for sure. Uh, Farrell, I, I know we're up against it. Let's do one email tonight, and, and we'll save the rest for, for next week. This is going to come from um, Bill in – no, I don't want to go to Bill. Bill will do your email next week. Let's go to Ryan in Pensacola, New Jersey. Never been there. It seems likely that mm-hmm. Allen Robinson won't be in Chicago, so how do I handle him in drafts? Is he going too high or too low right now? Love your podcast. That is Ryan in Pensacola, New Jersey. Okay, so the Allen Robinson thing. I've, I've waxed poetic on, on Allen Robinson on this podcast, on my other podcast, for years. I always loved the guy. And it seems like he's always been a prisoner of quarterback play. Uh, he gets some bad Blake Bortles years in, in Jacksonville. And then he goes down to Chicago. He gets the Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky experience. He is a candidate to be franchised and traded. I don't know if he will play in Chicago this year, but I feel like this right now. If you look at where Allen Robinson is being drafted in FFPC best ball. He's going at wide receiver 11 at the end of the third round, Farrell. I, I feel like that's based on what he did last year. He finished as wide receiver 13 last year. This is a guy that, that I think um, you're getting a pretty good deal on because if he leaves Chicago, probably going to be for a much better fantasy situation. I would think so. And he, he has a, what I would share a quality with another receiver in the NFL uh, junior to Robinson is Terry McLaurin. Uh, they seem to succeed no matter who's at quarterback. So there you've already laid down that template. Uh, McLaurin's going to get stuck with whatever the Redskins bring in, but Robinson's situation would improve. And even with the Chicago Bears season this year, he had three games he caught ten passes. One game he caught nine passes. A hundred plus, a hundred plus catches, six touchdowns for an underperforming team with an underperforming quarterback. They, you shouldn't hesitate on drafting Allen Robinson, and actually, you should probably move him up your board. I think he, right now, in the drafts I've been in, he's going a little higher than that, and he should. Allen Allen Robinson, just looking at this right now, he is going right behind Calvin Ridley and A.J. Brown, and Keenan Allen, excuse me, and then right ahead of Mike Evans and Julio Jones. So that, yeah, I I think I'm with you, Farrell. I think you got to bump him up a little bit more um, given where he could end up. I lied. Last question of the night comes from the chat room. Wasp guy, Hudson Kern-Reeve, the defending pros versus Joe's overall co-champ, which by, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, He wants to know where we think Deshaun Watson is going to end up. This is interesting, too, because we've seen Carson Wentz traded. We, we've seen some uh, – we've seen Matthew Stafford traded. Uh, Jared Goff traded. The quarterback musical chairs has already begun, yet Deshaun Watson does not have a home. Farrell, do you have a good feel? I know you got some, some Texans sources. you have a good feel on where Deshaun Watson is going to end up? And don't say Green Bay because that's just going to muddle the waters even more. I don't, and I couldn't do that to you, Balky. I couldn't ruin things for you like that. But I will tell you this. <laughs> Thank you. I think Deshaun Watson will be a Houston Texan. I think Deshaun Watson will uh, come to peace with uh, uh, with the organization. I think uh, eventually uh, they will all uh, come to some type of thinking. If he does not report to camp, uh, you know, it will be a it'll be a crime uh, in the NFL, and you know, we're going to have a, a players union, a commissioner, and a lot of other people that get involved in trying to figure this situation out and make it work. But uh, uh, despite all the words that are being said, 
I would say the people that are saying the most words don't know and the people that know aren't saying. I would say this too. We're still in February. Um, there's a long way off before training camp and anything like that preseason. Um, and, and when the regular season starts, I think cooler heads will prevail not to be boring here, but I guess I would lean toward, I don't think I feel as strongly as you do, but I, I do think he's going to be in Houston next year. If he doesn't, um, the three teams I, I have heard most connected to him are the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Broncos. I would say probably Miami at that point if he doesn't go into, uh, stay in Houston. But I think you're right. I think he stays in Houston. I think they find a way to mend the fences and, and go forward there. What about J.J. Watt, Farrell? What's the percentage chance he comes to my Green Bay Packers? I don't know the kind of guy he is. Every organization should want him. So I would I would think that – Green Bay could be a natural landing spot for him. I picture a warm weather team with a very temperate tax climate in J.J. Watt's future. <laughs> ah, interesting. Okay. So that narrows it down a little bit there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with J.J. Watt um, going forward. Uh, certainly going to uh, maybe shift the balance of power in the NFL. Maybe not. We'll see where he goes. Uh, Farrell, you always shift the balance of power in fantasy football content towards the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, towards the FFPC, towards the KFFSC. We obviously will all check out KFFSC.com. I know I'm in a couple of leagues there already, just waiting for them to fill so I can get drafting for 2021. Uh, we'll always uh, remind everybody, too, to, to join Farrell's FFPC Classic that he is currently in right now. It is a $250, uh, again, Classic League, number 26816. It's a slow draft. Um, you can take all the time in the world well, until the clock expires, making your picks and competing against Farrell. Uh, certainly a pleasure uh, talking fantasy football with you once again. I look forward to doing this. Uh, spoiler alert, we're going to do the show on Thursday next week, not Friday, and we'll talk more about that at the end of the show tonight. But, Farrell, thanks so much. We'll talk to you on Thursday, dude. See you then, buddy. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, follow him on Twitter at Elliott. Check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football Championship at kffsc.com and check it out on Twitter at KFFSC. All right, so big thanks to Stephen Rannigan for uh, popping aboard tonight, talking about his $500,000 FFPC Playoff Challenge half-million-dollar winner. Always like talking to that dude. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Now, um, I know I alluded to Kern Reeve being one half of the defending champions of the Pros versus Joes Challenge with the FFPC this year. Uh, the other half of that is Biplab Mandel, and it's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Biplab, as he celebrates a birthday today. Uh, he and Kern Reeve hopefully will be back to defend their title in the Pros vs. Joe's competition uh, this upcoming year. Um, I'm going to put this at the end of the show. I don't know if I'm supposed to be um, advertising this, but anybody who's looking at joining a Football Guys Players Championship League, be checking the site out, myffpc.com slash footballguys. May or may not be some leagues up there now or very shortly posted that you can hop in and figure out uh, when you want to draft this year. Uh, again, I don't know if I'm supposed to be advertising that, but I'll say it right now. Check that out. It might be worth your time. Um, all right, next week, I said it with Farrell. We are not going to do a show on Friday. I have uh, an ice fishing jaunt up north in uh, northeast Wisconsin with my, uh, with my jackass high school friends. Uh, That is what's going on for me next weekend. So we're going to do the show live still on Thursday as opposed to Friday next week. So Thursday at 10, 9 central, we will have the 2021 Football Guys Playoff Challenge number two champs, 
Tim Walsh and John Campbell, they won $10,000 playing in that competition. They're going to tell us all about it. Uh, plus, they're longtime FFPC main event players, too. So they're going to talk a little bit about their strategy, how they adjusted it in 2020, how they will continue to adjust it in 2021. Uh, that it will um, complete tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for hopping aboard. Remember to register for all those best ball leagues and Dynasty Orphans today at myffpc.com. Farrell is in the 250 Classic Slope, number 26816. And if you're playing in Kentucky, I'm registered for uh, uh, the Combine Classic as well as the uh, $39 best ball there, too. So we'd love to compete against you. Hopefully you can make it happen at KFFSC.com. If you can't, MyFFCC.com, always a good alternative. Thanks so much, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. As a reminder, Frederick the Younger does the outro music for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour currently. Check out all their music at frederickthejounger.com. Quiet Hollers do the uh, intro music at quiethollers.com. Um, seen both of them live. They're awesome. Farrell may or may not represent them as their talent agent, but still, really good music, really good band. Check them out. Uh, I have to go check on my kids, make sure they're still alive because I was not interrupted tonight, which is pretty rare. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.